1: The tennis world is down under for the first major of 2023. And despite the notable absences, a collection of stars have aligned in Australia, looking to light up the courts for two weeks. It's Sir Andy Murray, how the British star survived a match point and took out the heavily favored Matteo Berrettini in a day two blockbuster. Plus, the future is right now for Coco Golf and Emirata Kanu. We break down tonight's second-round showdown between the young stars in Melbourne. And speaking of future talent, we'll learn more about the next bright Chinese star on the horizon in today's tennis story. All those stories and more over the next two hours on this Australian Open Edition of Tennis Channel Live. Andre Agassi said that in tennis, you're on an island. And while the four-time Aussie champ was being metaphorical, it is quite literal in Melbourne. Australia, an island, a continent, and in tennis, the first of four crown jewels to be conquered. It is day three of TC Live, our two-hour pregame show to get you ready for all the action every day down under. And our featured matches on Rod Laver Arena start with world number one Iga Swiatek and Camilla Osorio. Then it's the last player to defeat Iga, Jesse Pagula. Ralph Nadal once again third on labor, playing Mackie McDonald. And all eyes on that night session, Coco Gauff, Emma Kanu, The top-ranked American in the world, Jesse Pagula getting ready to face Alexandra Sasnovich. Pagula says she's been warming up with her United Cup teammate, Francis Tiafo. Big foe facing Jerry Shang tonight. Jesse says hitting with Francis relaxes her, and he is the biggest hype person ever got his hype team around him and we are hyped to be with you today welcome into the studio Steve Weissman back alongside Hall of Famer Lindsay Davenport former pro global correspondent Prakash Amitraj and from 60 Minutes and Sports Illustrated the great John Wertheim we will have Hall of Famer Martina Navratilova join us throughout the show as well but a lot of big stories that happened overnight what was your favorite
0: moment Oh, you give me a short, <laughs> short short little lob like that? i got to smash it. How are we not talking about Andy Murray? Who else is old enough to remember when he was kind of sort of retired by this very event? That was four years ago. He had his hip resurfaced. This, I would submit, is his best win since returning. This is a five-set win over a seed. Almost five hours. All sorts of drama that we'll talk about. Andy Murray has a metal hip. I've now complied with law that says you can't talk about Andy Murray without mentioning this. Look, this is him after the match. He was... Flooded with congratulations as well. He should have been. It was a show, and we all did enjoy it. Um, This is just respect from your peers. Juan Martin Del Potro retired, who I will point out is younger than Andy Murray. Uh, What a warrior. Thanks for showing. You never give up. He never did give up, and that was really such a quality win for Andy. He finished with a bloody knee and a bloody lip. 50th win career at the Australian Open.
1: Full highlights from Sir Andy Murray coming up later in the show, Lindsay. What stood out to you?
2: Well, you guys know I like to go to the outside courts yeah. in the first few days. We talked a little bit about Chris Eubanks yesterday in our Open. Yesterday it was about Ben Shelton for me, getting the first victory at the Australian Open after midnight, tie break in the <laughs> fifth, and look at the energy he has. He was fired up for the fans that stuck around. A heat delay, a rain delay. We know he's going to be something special. And it's always great to see these young stars on their way. That was super fun to watch.
1: Had that chomp-chomp Florida Gator thing going on. First win, main draw at the Australian Open. Huge for Ben Shelton, especially. Two-hour heat delay, like you mentioned. Two-hour rain delay. He got that match in because some people did not finish, Prakash. Prakash.
3: Well, look, I, I know you guys were looking back a little bit. I'm going to look forward. And a uh, name that I'm super excited about, Bianca Andreescu. Ooh, I mean, mm-hmm. she's been uh, not really talked about too much. I mean, 2019 U.S. Open champ. Let's put some respect <laughs> on her name. She took some time away from the game and, and really seems to be in a good place mentally right now. Took out the 25 seed, Buskova, pretty comfortably, straight sets. Has a qualifier now, and if she's able to get through that, could take on Iga Swiatek. Yeah. And look, she has the kind of game that if she's at her highest level... She can bother Iga. I mean, look, she uses the angles. She attacks the net. She's got that power. I would love to see her produce some of that tennis that we saw in 2019. It would
2: be great if she could step up and play at that level again. We're not going to obviously see Osaka. Hopefully we'll see her in 2024 with Barty out of the game. I mean, she was so special to watch in 2019. I think we've all been waiting to see Bianca kind of come back into that level. That would be awesome if we were able to see a third-round match with Fiontech played at their very best. Mm
0: -hmm. And remember, she took a set off Iga that was just Dynamite last break it was on clay. It was a different circumstance, but still, it's got a stick in your mind. I can play with this player on the other side of the net. How is it she is not seated? Yeah. Um, there are not 32 better players, I, I yeah. submit, that Bianca you, yes. but nice to see her playing so well.
1: Obviously, some injuries off court, went down to Costa Rica, got her mind right, and actually says that matchup with Iga around ahead is motivating her to get there she wants to play the number one player in the world thinks her game is at that level right now so looking forward to her match coming up later today a lot to get to over the next two hours here on tc live martina navratilova is coming up of course we got the americans how did they fare on day two plus some call her queen when we'll introduce you to the next generation of chinese tennis royalty and you don't want to miss our bet 365 match preview but when we come back, top storylines down under, Novak Djokovic back with a vengeance, plus highlights from Angeber, Casper Rude, and Arena Sabalenka. And I mentioned Martina. Well, wait. Where'd she go? That's uh, that's Dear Abby, one of the many animals ah, in Martina's right. realm. There's Marty. All right. The 12-time Aussie Open champ joining us when we come back.
0: TC Live at the Australian Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. And by Bet365,
1: the world's favorite sports book. Welcome back. A reminder that TC Live tomorrow at a special time, 6 p.m. Eastern. Set your clocks, set your DVRs, whatever you got to do to take care of business. Getting you ready for first ball over on ESPN. Plus then 7 a.m. Eastern, it is Tennis Channel's Encore coverage, as always, with Brett Haber and Paul Anacone. We are back over at the desk. Lindsey, John, and Steve getting ready to welcome in the 12-time Australian Open champion, our right. Hall of Fame teammate, Martina Navratilova. Martina, looking great as always. Said you, you hit some tennis balls. How was that?
4: I did. I did. I have not played much tennis at all the last couple of years and none this last uh, few months. But uh, I got out there for about 25 minutes. It was fun. Although hardcore, I think I need to get back on the clay. <laughs> <laughs> or on the grass. So <laughs> Yeah. Well grass, there's no no grass here. I'd have to go to Palm Beach or something. That's too far. <laughs> anyway,
1: that was great. <laughs> All right, let's get everybody caught up on the action from day two. Let's start with Novak Djokovic. I mean, his quest for that record extending tenth Aussie open title, Lindsay, facing Roberto, Carbias, Vayana, and Djokovic on that 21 match winning streak in Melbourne as well.
2: Yeah, but so many questions about Novak, his fitness, his leg. Her injured it over in Adelaide in his warm-up tournament. But Steve, he looked good in this match. He had canceled a few practices. He was practicing behind closed doors. No one really knew what was going on. Taped it up, but he was able to dominate from the center of the court. He's not on the run too often in this match. Really a perfect first match for Novak to get through. Never really bothered, able to dictate play, challenged enough, never got broken. That is a good sign for his leg. Saved all three break points. And the best news, the fans. They welcomed him back out onto Rod Laver Arena. He was pumped to get through pretty comfortably.
1: A lot of Serbian flags in attendance. You see that leg is strapped, but... Feeling pretty good, taking some selfies with the fans. His family actually in attendance for the first time in 15 years. Tough to get from Serbia all the way to Melbourne, but they are there with him, and that streak continues. Joko's Juju, I like that. 22-match win streak at the Australian Open. Of course, three straight titles, but didn't play last year. The start of the streak four years ago. Last loss, Young Chung, fourth round 2018. Let's hear from Novak about how he feels after
5: the leg is uh, is is good. It's not ideal, um, but it's getting there. Um, you know, today was a very good test. Uh, haven't had too much training in the last few days, to be honest with you, tennis-wise. So um, yeah, I was really really hoping that um, things will be uh, well on the court from the from the first to the last point, which was the case. And I'm actually really glad that. It felt better as the match progressed, so the, th- the third set, you know, w- was great. So, I mean, that's a, that's a good signal, a good sign.
1: The scoreline got better, Martina, and he felt better as the match went on. What did you see?
4: Yeah, this was good batting practice for Novak, somebody that really wouldn't threaten him uh, uh, Buena. uh And, you know, he hasn't had enough matches quite like he would like, but uh, the injury seems to be getting better, which means that it wasn't that bad to begin with. And he's got a long time ahead of him. So with the three out of five, maybe it's more difficult to, to deal with an injury. At the same time, it gives him some peace of mind because people would have to play unbelievable tennis to beat him three out of five. So he doesn't have to really stretch himself too much where he could injure it worse And it looks to be holding. It's his leading leg on the serve, but he never lost serve. So clearly it's not bothering him mm-hmm. at all at this point.
0: I think there was some, some sort of rubbernecking there in, in more ways than one. One of them was to see how this movement might be impaired. It wasn't at all. I mean, just statistically, this was a match sort of suitable for framing. And then I think, as you alluded to, Lindsay, I think there was some question, how would he be received after last year? And there was, zero, if you didn't know, if you didn't know anything about last year and you went to that match, you'd say, oh, the crowd loves the nine-time champion. I mean, there was no backlash. He couldn't ask for much more as he gets this campaign going.
2: Yeah, and it, he's in a great position it seems like there's a it must not have been easy for him to go back to Australia get off that plane and he's making it look easy which is a huge credit to him probably some of his worst memories in this country last year like the way he played in Adelaide question marks about his leg but if you're able to get through as Martina said three comfortable sets not get broken
0: Short point. you're
2: doing okay and now he's got a day off his opponents still have to play a little bit I I think he's feeling good. I think he, if we weren't sure if he was the favorite because of his leg injury, mm-hmm. he's back being the favorite yeah. again.
1: Back being the odds on favorite. Going for his 10th title in Melbourne, 22nd overall Grand Slam. And if he wins it, gets back to number one in the world <laughs> as well. A lot going on for Novak Djokovic on the women's side. On Jabert back in Melbourne after missing last year's event with a back injury, Martina. She has made it known how much she wants to win a Grand Slam. Step one against Tamara Zidanecek.
4: Yeah, you gotta take it one match at a time. Zdancek, very good all-around player, good athlete, so Zdancek couldn't take anything for granted, uh, won a tight first set there, and I think uh, Zdancek started playing a little bit better, almost did not serve that well, but she moved well, Zdancek, like I said, she's comfortable anywhere on the court, uh, on Jabor, uh not too many unforced errors, but she really cleaned it up in that third set. Only had six winners, six unforced, won 67% of her second serve. That's how effective she was on the baseline defending her serve really well. And at the end, it was a comfortable three-set win. And uh, she should be happy with that. She, I don't know about that knee. It seemed to be taped more when I saw it last. This is a little bit better, but hopefully that's not going to hamper her either. But she, at the end, a good win for her.
1: After that second set, told herself, be the number two player in the world. Just win this match. She did. Arena Sabalenka, John, starting her season with a title looking to stay perfect against Teresa
0: Martinsova. Might we suggest contender Arina Sabalenka won a title already this year. And again, those uh, serving yips from a year ago seemed thoroughly gone. Look at this. Who says she only has one gear? What a nice tactical play right there. Nice little... Drop shot, a looping for him. She was great yesterday. A lot of power, a lot of kaboom shots like that. She had winners for half her points, one serve. You want to know what she had, three double faults. It's not bad, three aces. Just a really solid, authoritative win to get going. 6-1 in the first set. A little more competition in the second, but only took her 69 minutes on court. That's a very nice way to kick off the tournament for, again, I would say a real contender in the fifth seed. Hit
1: 29 winners in 60 points One, She will face American Shelby Rogers next. And, Lindsay, we talked about Garbini Muguruza on yesterday's show. The 2020 finalist here now down to 73 in the rankings. Had her opportunities, though, against the Lisa Mertens.
2: Yeah, she really did. And came out of the gates playing great tennis. You're thinking, okay, maybe she can turn things around. Has lost 6 of 7. If there was ever one match you'd like to go back, if you're a Muguruza fan, how about the the loss to Kavitova at the U.S. Open? Because it has been all downhill for her since then. Wins the first set. Actually served for this match in the second set at 6-5. And that's where everything changed. You can see her visibly tighten up. Was not the same player from here on out. And Mertens, not the player you want to face if you're not feeling comfortable. Great competitor, and Merton's able to take advantage. She knew exactly what was happening on the other side of the net and took advantage, and Muguruza, again, just fell apart. And for a player that was one in the world, has won multiple majors, it has been a rough five months watching her.
1: She has now lost five straight matches to start the season. Merton's great player in her own right. Moving on in this one, uh, Martina, as Lindsay mentioned, the two majors, world number one. She's a future Hall of Famer, so... At this point, it seems all mental. What advice would you give to Garbina to get past all this?
4: As Neil Brenner and the King and I said, it is a puzzlement. We really don't know what has happened to her mentally, but it clearly is mental. She's not injuries. It's not anything else. Maybe see a different kind of a psychologist. Maybe take two months off and just go lay on the beach somewhere or go skiing just to kind of re- reset and realize how much she loves the sport, which I'm, I'm sure she does. But she just looks tight. She's not ever relaxed, and uh, yeah, it's time for a reset because she's too good a player to be ranked fifty something and and now lost five matches in a row, and we're kind of expecting her to lose. So she's got to she's got to do a hard reset, and uh,
0: somehow. Nowhere to hide in this sport. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in other lines mm-hmm. of work, you could take some time off, or you could, hey, you coach, I don't need to start this game. I mean, you're you're out there and you're exposed and vulnerable. I, I like your question though. I'll pose it to you. What do you tell her if you're coaching her? Oh, gosh.
2: It, you know what? The the harder thing was watching last night is she was doing all the right things outwardly. You, you know, she broke serve to get up six five. There's a big fist pump, and then she goes back to serve for the match. And she's looking over, trying to give fist pumps. And the very first point, she goes to a slice forehand. She hadn't hit one the whole match. Mm. That's when you know, like, it, the her mind is taking over what should not be happening out there on the tennis court. But. Uh, Once that second set went on, I mean, you've got to try and turn it around. Keep it simple. I know Conchita and her whole team have been trying so hard to get her out of this slump. It hasn't happened yet. I would imagine that something is going to change here after this tournament, whether she takes a break or whether she starts to work even a little bit with someone new. She adores Conchita, but but something's just not right right now.
1: I mean, earlier this year, uh, Bagel, Bibi Andrescu then was in a a tie break in the second set, lost that, and then lost same. Once again, 6-1 in the third. So she's getting tight in those moments that she has opportunities. But you said yesterday, champions always have something left in them. So... I we'll see. So. I hope we'll see with Muguruza. Uh, back to the men's side and the two seat. Kaspar Rude. he can get to number one in the world, Martina, if he wins the title here, facing Tomas Mahach of the Czech Republic. Did I say that right?
4: <laughs> Close enough, Tomas Mahach. I think we will see him in the future. He's a very talented Czech player, and uh, gave, gave Rud some uh, some uh, hard work there. Uh, winning the, the uh, Ruud won the first set, that it was a tiebreak. Root get up, get up, and then Makar starts yeah, playing yeah, a little bit better chance, in the little. third set, uh, and attacking, attacking Root. I think Root still needs to have some bigger weapons, but overall, great, a great performance from Root. 55 winners and 30 unforced errors. shell gets the crowd going there with a nice lob, and I think I need to give him some lessons on Servant Volley. Servant Volley, why? Cover the middle, really? You gotta cover the line? That's Servant Volley 101. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, Toma, uh, Root really dominated overall. It was never in, uh, yeah, ne- never in trouble, never threatening that, in that fourth set. But I uh, like Mahat, but, uh, Casper Root came through four out of 13 break points. That needs to improve, but overall, thumbs up.
1: All right, John, this was your match of the day. Andy Murray looking for his first top 20 win at a major in six years, taking on Matteo Berrettini, lived up to all the hype that we put coming into
0: it. draw came out, we all circled this, and guess what? It exceeded. Just look at the scoreline. Murray rips off the first two sets, play well, and then he said, okay, well, the guy who's a seed, who's nine years younger, he'll bring his power to bear in his youth. And this was a back-and-forth match here going now into a fifth set. Did you figure everything's favoring the younger player, Andy Murray fought valiantly. Does he have how much? What's some of the shot making here? 35 years old. Not a bad knockoff volley. Crowd solidly behind Murray, who had been to five finals at the Australian Open. But Berrettini, former Wimbledon finalist, and this is the shot right here. This is match point. And... That is a shot you will be remembering for a long, long time. Look at that backhand to win the match. Didn't even hit the tape. Murray gets a reprieve and makes the yeah, most of it. Second match. Not necessarily the way he wanted to close out the match, but that's as good a win as he's had in the last five years. Yeah,
1: nearly five hours of literal blood, sweat, and tears of joy to his fans. Let's hear from both these Warriors.
6: I don't think I played really great today, but I was. Um, I mean, I had a match point, like you said, so. It just. <laughs> It's really tough to talk about the match now. It could have, could have been, you know, different just with a different ball. But last year I won seven six in the fifth. This year I lost seven six in the fifth. It's uh, tennis.
7: I've certainly questioned myself at times, and there's certainly a lot of people questioned me and my ability and whether I could. Yeah, still perform at the, the biggest events and the biggest matches. And I was impressed with myself, um, <laughs> which again is not something that, you know, I'm hard on myself usually. But, um, yeah, tonight I need, to, yeah, I need to give myself some credit because the last few years have been tough. I've lost a few of those matches. You know, that one could have gone the other way tonight, but I stayed strong and I deserve to win. Deserved to win Martina,
1: impressed himself. How much did he impress you?
4: It's good to pat yourself up on the back when you deserve it. And and daddy definitely deserved it in this match. 35 years old, but the best win that he's had since he's come back from the injury on the of surgery on the on the hip. And you know, the spirit that he has, it's so funny. When he loses, he's mad. When he wins, he still doesn't crack a smile. It's like, oh, he's got so much emotion and passion going on. But he was able to channel it just right and uh, at the end outplay the younger Berrettini, which is really astonishing i loved those quotes from murray yeah. and i don't know
2: if he's seen a sports psychologist right. or who he's talking to maybe it's lendl again but those that's what you want to go back and listen to if you're a player struggling with your your belief or you're going through tough times I mean that was amazing to say to himself I've got to pat myself on my back I'm so proud but at the end I love that I deserve to win he knew how well he played how hard he fought those aren't words we've heard from Murray very often so really nice turnaround from him emotionally love to see that support really of himself right now
0: out of character you know we have this cliche in sports oh it's a game of inches I mean literally this sport Game of inches. Berrettini sets up that backhand. If he hits it, he's going on to the next round. He doesn't. I mean, I can't imagine how often he's going to think at this point. And watch Murray here. Sort of a, a drop shot. All right, it's getting laid on. He, oh, that's about a and foot, though. Look at that. <laughs> look at how much he missed that shot. That I mean, was, yeah. but that's a shot that's going to stick with him for a long, long time. And then Murray's match point, talk about inches. He hits the net. I mean, I just... This sport is so cruel, and now Berrettini loses in the first round. I mean, talk about what's not inches, his flight back. He's got a 10,000-mile flight to think <laughs> about that, and he's got five more months before the next major. I mean, it's just, it is so rough. He makes that one backhand, and we're having a completely different segment. He's having a different tournament. Andy Murray's reassessing his career, misses a sitter backhand by this much. It's a totally different fact pattern. Yeah.
1: He missed it. Murray made it. And now he's got 50 wins at the Australian Open. You know who else is in that club? Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, and Edberg. Pretty good list to be a part of if you're Sir Andy Murray. Much more still to come on the show. Taylor Fritz is locked in and loaded for 2023. See why he's calling himself a serve bot after the first round. who's in the house. It is the reigning Australian Open women's champ Ash Barty not playing this year. Told us she's expecting her first child. Also working with the young Aussie Olivia Gadecki who won her first round match. So Ash with the racket ready to go. Go out on that practice court. good to see Ash Barty on the grounds. Back to some highlights from yesterday. One of the most highly anticipated first-round matches: fifth seed Andre Rublev Martina facing former Aussie Open finalist Dominic Team. Uh, the weather was scorching hot for this one.
4: It was brutal, and Rublev's wearing black. I don't know why Rublev's wearing black. It's like, really, you're hot enough already. I mean, talking about Team at 20, right full age of 29 has problem with his with his back. Got some help from the trainer, but not enough. As he kind of won away, you could see he was hampered with this movement. What I love about Roublet, you know, he usually treats the net as an enemy, but he was at the net quite a bit yesterday, winning 18 of 24 points. So I like the more aggressive Roublet yeah, yeah, waiting for the ball to not. come to him, and at the end was a comfortable uh, win for him in three straight. Now you wonder what will happen to team because he really... I mean, his body should be better than this, uh, recovering from the injury on the wrist. Uh, the body's not holding up. So I wonder what, what will go down with him. But uh, well done, Rublev.
1: Moving on to American Taylor Fritz, playing his first Grand Slam as a top 10 player. Lindsay said he came out a little nervous against Nicholas Basilashvili.
2: Yeah, got down an early break. But then Taylor played this match very steady. If you can believe it, 33 8 in winners for <laughs> It was. Fritz, who was able to get a lot of free points on his serve, 31 aces. But you know what he was doing? Just making a lot of shots, trying to draw the unforced errors from Basilashvili. The biggest thing for Fritz was he was able to handle the power of Basilashvili's racket. Basilashvili picked up his game in the third set. and the fourth, it was a battle. A lot of back and forth between these two. But Fritz, i got to give him credit. He stayed calm emotionally and just was able to weather the storm of Basilashvili career high
1: in aces for fritz his buddy riley opelka may even let him in the serve bot club let's
6: hear from taylor it's just pretty normal when you're um you know high seed expected to do well coming out at a you know super important tournament like a grand slam it's been been dealing with it uh for a long time basically every grand slam it's it's like that and of once you once you just get through that that first match then you feel a lot better and even for me it was just getting past the first like 20 minutes of the match and just loosening up and and feeling better so it, it's normal there's always going to be pressure it's always the most when you're um when you're expected expected to win so
1: Taylor said he tried to draw a lock emoji on the camera after the match, uh, but he's not the best
0: artist. What was the key for Fritz yesterday? The lock. Um, No, I think the key were a couple of really tight little segments of this match. I mean, that could have been really messy. Beselich had a break point to serve out the fourth set. Taylor Fritz is coming in on a two-match major losing streak. This would be a rough loss, and he just turned it around. He won that point. He won, I think, eight of the last ten points to close out the match. That could have been complicated, it wasn't in the end. That's what a veteran does. And also, get this, he's number three with the odds makers to win this mm. event. So someone's wow. taking note of this ascent because he's third after Djokovic Nadal. Martina, what did you make of those comments after that
1: nervous before every first round match at a major, mm. and then he's good to go? Did you feel that way, or, or were you ready to go right from the start?
4: Yeah. Yeah, you always want to get that first one out of the way, no matter I think where you are. But if you expect it or, or to to go deep in the draw, it's really uh, important to stay in the moment and get that first match out of the way. I like the way he's approaching it. He's like wearing the mantle. He's the number eight seed because Alcaraz is not here, so he doesn't play the big guys until the quarters, and he's got a really nice um, kind of a user-friendly draw. And uh, he's as as uh, John said, he really he could have been closer in the in that uh, third set. And, set and and uh, he, he kept his head about him. So he's he's walking the talk, you know. He's uh, he's backing himself up nice. And it shows in his shot selection. He's just waiting for the opportunity, not panicking, not doing anything special, just going with his strength, which is serving big forehand. You always want to learn
2: from previous experiences and got to say credit to Taylor and also credit to his team because he looked a lot more relaxed than he did at the U.S. Open. He seemed to be wearing a lot of that stress and pressure of being the highest ranked American, being the player that everyone's hoping can do it seemed to cripple him a little bit in new york and he came out of the gate slow but you know what he looked calm he was able to get his game together he played solid didn't try and overplay but also emotionally he was a lot more even keel mm. in this match and i think that served him well he's able to get through now maybe he can relax a little bit didn't got out of the first round let the tennis do the talking
1: and not the easiest matchup for him either i yeah. mean he had lost yeah. a couple yeah. of times to bestielish feeling in the past so well done for taylor fritz to get past that and now Relax and get into this tournament. And speaking of getting into it, Martina, we've been looking forward to this second-round matchup. Coco Gauff, Emma Raducanu, two young stars, meeting for the first time. Who do you think needs this win more?
4: Well, uh, Raducanu, there's no doubt about that in my mind. As Raducanu got got through one, winning the US Open unexpectedly, and since then it's been a struggle, really. Whereas Coco uh, Golf has been steadily improving, and maybe Raducanu beat her to that first punch of, of winning a major. But now uh, Coco's top ten, played fantastic tennis last year, really improved, and now I think she's feeling feeling the confidence that it takes to to win a major, getting to the finals at Roland Garros. So I think uh, Emma needs this win a lot more. At the same time, if she can just stay close, she will feel better about her chances in the future as well. But uh, Coco is, uh, yeah, it's going to be a hard, hard one for Emma. I don't I don't see her beating uh, Coco for the first meeting. We'll see what happens.
0: It's funny because one of them has won a major title and the other hasn't. And yet, if Raducanu were to win this match, Biggest win since winning Shocking. that U.S. Open. Yeah. Shocking yeah. win. And, if, and I mean, I hate to say that. If Coco were to lose this match, that would be a rough defeat. I mean, Coco's already won a title. We're talking Ooh. about her as a contender. And yet, you know, we're looking at this as a rivalry that's hopefully going to blossom for... The next 10 years. I'm curious, Lindsay. I mean, it wasn't confrontational. It wasn't aggressive. But Raducanu sort of said, yeah, I've really been looking forward to this. It's a good barometer of my game. It wasn't a call. I mean, it wasn't a, a call out. But it had this air of, yes, this is a match that I want to win. And I want to gauge my level. I don't know. If you're, if you're on the receiving end of that, how do you take that if Here, you're Coco? Uh...
2: I think they, those two have a pretty nice relationship. But, I mean, if you had, we had gone back a year and a half, we would be saying, gosh, these two yeah. are going to be playing in a lot of big matches, and here we are at a second round of a major. Uh, I think Coco takes that okay. I think Raducanu, she's had a hard time getting out of the first round and getting herself to a position to play these top players. I think it's a big accomplishment for her. Um, but I, I agree with Martina. With, w- you look at their weapons. And you almost check the box each spot for Coco. And she's got more power. She's got the serve. Um, I'd be surprised if, if Coco wasn't able to get through this one.
1: By the way, Coco did say that there's more pressure on Emma than there is on her. Yeah. No, no way. <laughs> yeah, be, being the that's, first British that's, that's woman the in the years.
2: Game, the mind games. I like that.
1: I like that. So, you know, it's going back and forth. Looking at this matchup. That's Second like round. The
2: opposite. I'm not the favorite yeah, in the right.
1: French.
2: <laughs> Well, not quite,
1: but (laughs) 14 times. Jesse Pagula getting ready to go. Top ranked American in the world. Taking on Alexandra Sastovich. That is coming up later. And, well, Iga stretching out as well. Second round against Camilla Osorio. We're leading you up to first ball on TC Live. Game show getting you ready for day three from Melbourne Park. The Rains continue. Matches suspended overnight. As we bring you back into our dry studios in Santa Monica. Steve Weisman with you, with Serena Williams evolving away from tennis and Venus unable to compete with an injury. Another sister act has taken over in Melbourne. A couple of Czech teenagers, Linda and Brenda Fruvertova, are playing the main draw of a major together for the first time. For more stories like that, MakeTennis.com, your online information source throughout the Australian Open and the entire 2023 season. Right now, Steve Tigner has your three to see on day three of the Aussie Open. And Matt Fitzgerald writes about how Victoria Azarenka is the most obnoxious soccer mom. Now time for the daily weather, very important today, forecast with Fox Weather. I'm Fox Weather's Jane Minar, and here's today's Australian Open forecast. We're looking at the weather in Melbourne, Australia, What day For our tennis pros, with temperatures expected in the low 70s, you can download the Fox Weather app or stream Fox
8: Weather from your favorite connected TV device.
1: All right, Jane, still to come on the show, we catch up on some of those matches that are still in progress from yesterday. Plus, it is deja vu for French tennis. And don't miss our Bet365 match preview. But first, she was the WTA Newcomer of the Year and won her first match in Melbourne in 56 minutes. We introduce you to the next Chinese Superstar. Welcome back to TC Live. While the WTA hasn't played in China in three years, one Chinese player has skyrocketed up the WTA. Zhang Xinwen started last year as the sixth highest ranked player, born in 2002 and ended it at the top of her year group. We take you behind the scenes to learn the tennis story of China's latest phenom.
8: I'm from a small city in China. I born in Shiyan. I've been traveling a lot since I was really little. I don't have too much time to stay in home, you know. I, I was always outside. When I started to play tennis, it's because I want to be more healthy for my body. Of course, I like tennis, but I didn't think that far. Everybody doesn't think that far at the beginning. <laughs> Lina won her first Grand and I started to thinking that, oh, the Asian player can also do something good in tennis. And then I think that he put little seed in my heart that I also want to do it, and I want to try to be like her, you know, and even better. My parents, they always push me hard on the tennis because I talk to them that I want to win grassland and then since I say that, you know, they always push me that to don't get relaxed. I think it's really important. Both of them, they did a big sacrifice for my tennis and really thank you for them. I practice in Spain and everybody knows how my team is from Spain. Because they are in the same country, they talk the same language, so for them it's really easy to a communicate.
6: She's a really hard worker. I saw her a lot of positive things and I saw a big potential. And then we start to work together, we, we start really good. It's so important for her, you know, we, we are trying to arrive to the next level.
8: I really like my team and I hope we can keep going and um, push harder in the future. From China, Zheng. Children. it's not easy to compete in the grassland, but I always like you know the big matches, big stages I really like how the pressure is that makes me feel the competition. Oh.
4: The 19-year-old from Wuhan turns it around against the great
8: Simona Halep. That match to beat Simona Halep is my first time to really win one Grand Slam champion before, so my confidence was increased a lot.
7: And Chim Wenjian, a fabulous performance
8: i was happy to be a newcomer because that mean like i was doing good we have learned that this young athlete from
0: china is very much one to watch
8: to make a, such a great season as my first year in WTA, i was really proud of myself i think it's not good to think about tennis all the time i like to sing i like to dance and also i like to read it's really important to improve as a person because I heard a lot that uh, if you are a good person, it's more big chance that you can play good in tennis.
6: Yes, she's a really easy going, you know, is a very nice person. The confidence on tennis is so important and she is strong right now, she's prepared and she feels that, that she can
8: do it well. Of course, I will have more big expedition for next year. But also, I don't want to put too much pressure for myself. I just want to focus day by day, step by step, match by match. If you just focus every single day, I think something good will happen.
1: Well, this is a superstar in the making. WTA newcomer of the year. She actually started 2021, 287 in the world, ended at 126, then jumped nearly 100 more spots last year to finish at 28 with a career high of 25. Incredible stuff that she has done in such a short period of time. What do you like most about her game, Lindsay?
2: Oh, it, it's electric, really. And she. It can do everything on the court, and watching her play at the French Open, that was really eye-opening for me. She had this great win against Halep, but then followed it up playing great tennis against Sviantek, who is a heavy favorite in that match and still was able to win the first set. But I like that there's no big weakness. She actually has a very good serve, and she crushes her ground strokes. She's got a little bit more topspin, as she talked about training a lot in Barcelona. Obviously, you're going to learn a different style of tennis, and you can see that in how she plays. Also very athletic and covers the court really well. There's a lot of potential there. I would buy some stock in that one.
0: She's a real jock, isn't she? Yeah. I mean she's yeah. a, she's a real athlete. <laughs> I remember a year ago we were looking up. We didn't know anything about her. She's outside the top 100. It said her you know, favorite surface, hard court. Okay, that makes. They say wait, her clay results were a joke. One player took a set off Iga Svantec. At the French Open. You know who it was? Um, and she looked on the other side of the net to be a comparable athlete. There is so much to like here. And as you say, there's no discernible weakness either.
3: Yeah. We talk so much about how international this sport is and how it touches every single piece of the globe. And you hear that Lena planted that little seed in her that, you know what, maybe I can do this. And now she's talking about the belief that, you know what, I want to get there and possibly be even better than Lena. And this is how you move sport forward in these countries where sport isn't the most important thing there. And I, I love seeing how she's embracing it. She looked magnificent on that Cosmo cover, yeah. and she's talking about personal development. The more I work on myself as a person, that'll allow me to be a better tennis player. She's close to her parents. I mean, I'm a huge fan. What do you have to love about this woman? Lena well, planted that seed. While in Paris, for
0: a player from China who trains in Spain that we're talking about playing in Australia, it it really is amazing how many corners this sport touches.
1: Matt Fitzgerald writes a complimentary piece on tennis.com. She introduces herself, he says, as Jean Wen, but she also goes by Anna, and some fans call her Queen Wen. Listen, she doesn't doesn't talk a lot about China, though. Uh, You know, she's asked about it, she doesn't really say much, trains in Spain. Can she bring the same sort of superstar quality to China like Li Na did.
2: Oh gosh, that's tough. I mean, Lina was one in
0: right.
2: How many? I mean, her personality, but also she is paved the way for this whole generation of Chinese women to be able to play and by the way to be able to go to Spain and train because that really was possible before mm. Lina was speaking out about that. Um, I think it, that is really tough. I think things will be easier for her because of Lina. There is a certain amount of pressure that comes from being the next so-and-so. Yeah. So, you know, everyone talking, will she be the next Lina? That can be a very tough burden also. She seems to, as Prakash was saying, to have a great head on her shoulders. She's trying to be more relaxed and just trying to develop her game. There's a lot of good things that she said. If that is all true, then things should go pretty well for her.
1: Won her first match less than an hour. Takes on Bernarda Para tonight. And Harper's Bazaar, Cosmopolitan, I mean, loves a good photo shoot as well. Sky's the limit <laughs> for Queen Wen. All right, oh. Maria Sakri, get the squats on, Prakash. How's
3: the form? Oh, listen, man, you take a look at her Instagram. Wait, before. what is happening? <laughs> <laughs>
1: are we dancing or are we squatting? Oh, wow.
3: Let's see that video.
1: Come on. The dexterity, don't go anywhere. That's impressive. <laughs> Back on TC Live. What a day it was. I mean, we had two-hour delays for hot weather. And then at the end of the day, we had another two-hour delay for wet weather. And then they just had to stop play because there was too much rain coming down in Melbourne. never know what the weather's going to be like. It was triple digits during the day and then at night. The rains kept coming. They would not go away. And unfortunately, matches had to be suspended, ten of them. Not finished from yesterday, including John Isner, who is up a set right now on serve in the second against Adrian Manorino. Tracy Austin's son, Brandon Holt, right now split sets, but he's up a break in the third. Lauren Davis up 4-1 in the third against Donka Kovačić. Donna Vekic, just halfway to victory right now, that, that 10-point match tie break. So, unfortunately... A lot of these matches have to come to today. We, we don't normally have this in Melbourne, right?
2: It was a, it's an organizer's nightmare when it happens this early in a tournament. Not only the five hours or so of no play because of the heat, then the rain. They're do not able to get through that half of the draw. It'll create a backlog for sure. And the forecast, not spectacular as well for day three. So it could be some scheduling issues coming up.
0: You say organizer's nightmare. Tell us the player's perspective. You are, you say, with Donovan, I mean, you go this close to walking off the match, and now you've got to sleep on it. A lot of times your opponent is already slotted in, so you know if I beat Steve, I know who I play in the next match. What is that like for the player?
2: It's so tough. I mean, first of all, you're waiting around all day, but also you're always thinking, okay, is this the turning point for them? At least my mind was, of course. I'm always <laughs> <know it's> negative. <laughs> but you've got a player like Huck-Nuck is on the verge of such a big win. Rain comes, up two sets to love and a break. You've got Vekic just a few points away. It definitely is a sleepless night for the players, right, Pete?
3: Look, it's it's a logistical nightmare all the way around. When you have so many matches that haven't gone on, then all of a sudden the schedule comes out later. I think it came out after midnight Mm. for the next day. You're all of a sudden playing that day. You don't know when do you sleep, when do you prepare you work backwards from your match. Yeah. You know, if you're playing at noon, you're doing this at 11, you're doing this at 10, you're doing this at 8, and if you can't plan, it just throws everything out of whack when you eat and so forth. So part of it uh, lasting for the two weeks for a slam. John
1: Isner's been there, done that, right? I mean, he, he's been through these situations many times before. Veteran on tour uh, leads right now, and he needed 12 aces to get to 14,000 in his career.
3: He got 14, so he's already reached that benchmark, production. <laughs> Look, he, he's in a good spot. I mean, we're not surprised that it went to a breaker against Manorino. Crazy. But as long as as <laughs> as long as he's in a good rhythm of serving, he's just given himself the opportunities that he wants, and then he's going to have his cracks, and that's the kind of match he wants to play. So, you know, I, I like where he's at right now. 8-1 and
0: one against Manorino for his uh, for his career, and the one-time Manorino, one we talked about this yesterday, it was one-all, and, and John couldn't play anymore. But, you know, I mean, you, you get to your late 30s, and... This is the kind of thing where maturity helps. So first it's yeah. heat, then it's rain, then you're going to, hey, I've got to readjust my sleep schedule. That's something that really advantages older players, I would think.
1: Donna Vekic, it's the best of three set, but when they take the court, Lindsay, yeah. it is a sprint 5-1 oh, in a man. match time. And, and
2: that's the hard thing. So if you're Vekic you're, and you're just trying to warm up as close to the match as possible and you really want to give yourself big targets. I mean, she only has a few points to go, and you don't want to give away fr- – Early points to her opponent to think that she has a chance to get back in. It, it's really tough. I also look at the match with Michael Moe. He's down match points in the third, able to save it, up a break in the fifth, on the verge of getting up a double break, and it rains. And now he's got to kind of reset again and kind of let the emotions go, be able to start strong as well. I, it, it is really tough. And, and maybe some players handle it better than others. I didn't love it when <laughs> that wasn't finished. I had to go to bed one night, 5-3 in the third Wimbledon semifinal, 15-all. Wow. Okay. Yeah, wow. I literally did not sleep.
0: And, knew, and my opponents were already yeah. through. I was playing
2: Maresmo. Okay. She was serving. I was thinking, oh, why didn't I stop at 5-3? Because it started to miss. My opponents were already through. And I literally didn't sleep. I ended up getting through, but it's still – it's just, like, the stress and the pressure of it. It's a lot. You're
1: thinking about it all night all long. night long. And I was thinking, sport. you know, at one
2: point, I, what if I was up love 30? You know, like, <laughs> time. It's, it's, it's hard. Really hard.
1: Brandon Holt uh, has probably not been in this situation before. Uh, he's a former Pac-12 player of the year yep. USC. He's taken on a former Big Ten player of the year in Alexander Vukic. I was watching that. I was up past midnight because I wanted to see B play. They literally went on court, played one point. It was 15 love, Brandon. Then they went off for rain. Then I went to bed. They came back, and now apparently he's up 4-2 in the third set after they split sets. But this is, you know, a new dynamic for him.
3: It is, and it isn't in a way. Look, it is a grand slam. He's trying to have the biggest result that, you know, he's been able to have and so forth. But he's had a lot of matches under his belt. You know, he's been winning a ton, and he gets a pull on that college career where he was so successful as well. Winning is winning to some degree. Yeah. And when you can call on those moments, especially in times like this, I think you're in a really good spot. But also, this is still new for him. And I think that excitement, that adrenaline, is certainly going to help get him through us also.
1: If you can go to bed being on top, I, I think it's better than, than, oh, than losing, yeah. right? Anytime, yeah. anytime you're winning, you're up a break in that third, it's a good situation. For Tanasi Kokonakis, couple dynamics for him. He's the defending doubles champion. No longer, no though, longer. because Nick yeah. Kyrgios said to withdraw, so they don't get to play there. So now his focus all on singles, and he is so close to victory
0: right now, gets pulled off the court. And you know who looms as his next opponent is Andy Murray. Otherwise, it's been a really calm 72 hours for Kokonac. <laughs> uh, when we talk about a brutal sport, boy, you could have this as Exhibit A. But Kokonac is on the verge, home major, again, not in the doubles, which might be uh, a mixed blessing, might mm. be a disguise blessing. He's got a former top ten player on the ropes, and now, A, he can't complete that match, and, B, he's going to have this match against Andy Murray, who really stole yesterday otherwise as your looming opponent. That's a lot to contend with that has nothing to do with hitting the spots on your forehand. Well, we're looking forward to the
1: conclusion of all of these matches. We'll have the highlights for you on tomorrow's edition of TC Live. Much more still to come on the show today. And throughout the two weeks, Wednesday schedule, a reminder special time. We are at 6 p.m. Eastern, one hour later tomorrow. Set your DVRs, set your clocks, do everything for that. Encore coverage, 7 a.m. Eastern, as always, with Brett and Paul. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Look who's walking in. Looks comfy. Sloan Stevens, semifinalist here back in 2013. Hard to believe that was 10 years ago. Looking to get back to that level even further. Former US Open champion getting ready to go against Anastasia Potapova later today. This is our American segment, our TC fam, just like Sloan, by the way. Taylor Townsend coming off back-to-back doubles titles to start the season. Now in singles against the French wildcard Diane Perry Lindsay, Red Sticks were on the menu in this one.
2: And how good was this to see for Taylor Townsend? She started the year with two doubles titles and taking advantage of her wild card here. Did such a great job during this match and it's not easy. She left her son Aiden for over a month back home. She spoke about it at length after this match. She's put in so much hard work and to get her first Grand Slam win as a mom. And by the way. Very comfortably. She cruised through this match one and one. Great to see one of the most well-liked players out there accomplishing big things. And this was just another step in the right direction.
1: Seven aces, won nearly 90% of points on her first serve, which, by the way, got up to 116 miles an hour. Broke five times. Just utter dominance for tay
6: For me and my personal journey, I think that it was really
2: important. And, you know, my goal is just to try and inspire people and moms to show that, like, you can do whatever you want. Like, and, like having a child like, doesn't stop you from hustling, grinding, and just being great at whatever you want to do. I, I,
1: I love hearing that. Uh, David kane has got an article on Tennis.com, which talks about that and the fact that she had reached out to Kim Kleisters, who gave her some great advice about being a mom. Enjoy that. Don't rush coming back. She spent some time with us. She told Ross Schneiderman, our executive producer, she she wants to come back, do more work here, and she's killing it on the court.
3: Well, she's she's brilliant over here, but I think what she's mastered right now is such a great perspective. She talks about if she is going to take time away and leave her child at home, she's going to really have to give it every ounce of focus that she possibly has. And, and that's helping on the court. You know, sometimes tennis players, we play events all year round. You kind of you – your focus can go up and down. You kind of take it for granted a little bit. She's so focused when she does leave her kid that, uh, you know, it's helping her play great tennis. We also saw in that little highlight
0: segment, she's really tricky. It must be really hard to prepare to play against her. Nobody has her game. Nobody has her, her lefty kick and her sensibilities about coming in – There's no one that plays tennis like Taylor Townsend, and I think that's something that can really help her as she goes forward.
2: Yeah, and I loved in that article also, she said, I spoke to Vika, I spoke to Kim, I spoke to Serena. My reality is different, though. I don't have their bank accounts. I can't Mm -hmm. travel with my child and help and all of that. So I got to make the best of what I can do. Obviously, very happy to be back out playing, but I loved how real she was getting with Mm -hmm. it. It's not easy. And she is trying her best out here, and we were thrilled to see her get the win. Now, two doubles wins, like we said, and a singles win. Keep going. She's a huge – we're obviously huge fans of hers. We adore her. Any win that she gets right now is just awesome.
1: Balancing the baby, balancing doubles and singles, and balancing her tennis channel schedule. (laughs) A, a A lot of balls in the air right now for Taylor Townsend, who just keeps on winning. And we keep on going with Jensen Brooksby. Has won a main draw match, John, at every major other than the Australian Open. Had never played the main draw in Melbourne before this year. Taking on Chris O'Connell.
0: Yeah, that's surprising, right? Yeah, uh, you no, know, 22 years old, but uh, top 40 player. This was his debut, and it was very solid. Um, got off to a bit of a slow start, local player, but then really found his way. He, not unlike Taylor Townsend, there is sort of uh, there's there's a trickery to his game. There's an element of deceit and deceptiveness in the best possible way. Breaks to level us at one set apiece and then really rolls us out. You see, they got a bit of a delay. Now we're at nighttime. And uh, Jensen a very solid day at the office. 2.23 on the clock. Ended up going four sets. Big match coming up against Casper Rude. So his level of competition will go up. But uh, served well, especially in uh, in that fourth set. Closed it out strong. And very nice first win at the Australian Open. 2.23 uh, gets through that. onto round two to play the number two seed.
1: Very intriguing matchup. Looking forward to that. Brooks B. Rood in the next round. Meantime uh, Prakash reigning NCAA champion Ben Shelton making his Aussie open debut against the top-ranked man from China, Zhang Xijen. This was a real
3: battle. We get a good look in these highlights here of how dynamic his athleticism is. We saw it there on that first point. Moves around the court so well. And you know what? He's not afraid to let out that college screaming out here at the Grand Slam court. You know, trying to get the crowd involved. Takes that second set. Third set. Early on here. Really heads up tennis. Giving his opponent a high backhand volley. One of the toughest shots in the game. Doesn't go for an outright winner. So he's really thinking out there. Really great signs for an upcoming player. Something you really get with experience. Fourth set, though. Zhang turning it up. Finds a backhand pass down the line. He throws a little. Come on in Ben Sheldon's face. Now they go into a fifth set match point down. Sheldon with a huge first serve to get him out of jail right there. Pushes it into a breaker. And this is well past midnight. I mean, it is pitch black outside, but still a decent crowd, strong energy out there. And Ben Shelton is still fired up, even into the fourth hour. Of this match gets it done finally, and it means so much to this kid to be able to get his first main draw win at the Australian Open. I mean, he's already in the top 100. How long until he passes his pops for, for best
1: career high ranking? Brian got to 54. I don't think it's going to be too long. I'd say by the end of this year, Ben's higher than that. Uh, American Tommy Paul, more wins here than any other major. Lindsay has his girlfriend in Melbourne. Uh, he's got Game the good vibes going. No trouble with Jan Leonard
4: drift.
2: Three out of five sets. Seven unforced errors. That was it for Tommy Paul. A solid, solid match. And not getting maybe as much ink as some of the other American players. And he's just doing the work. His rankings getting better. But his tennis game is getting better as well. Also a lot of free points on his serve. That second set was absolutely huge. Able to tough that one out and get a nice looking win for him. It's it's not easy. He's grew grew up with Fritz. He's grown up with all these players in Francis and he's just a little bit behind but quietly improving his game and and showing everybody. Don't forget about me.
1: (laughs) That's right. Back in the second round for the fourth straight year. Just like his buddy Taylor. I mean
0: 20 aces. How about
1: that? Maybe this is the year that Tommy Paul gets his big result at a grand slam. Still to come on TC Live, French tennis going back to the future. How a couple former top 10 players are once again on top five years later. Back on TC Live, getting closer to first ball on day three of the Australian Open. Reminder that the show, special time, 6 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, one hour later. Always appreciate y'all joining us for our pregame show leading up to the Australian Open coverage. Encore, 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on Tennis Channel. Aviva la France, allez le bleu. Caroline Garcia arriving in Melbourne at a career high after winning her biggest title at the WTA Finals in Fort Worth last year. Back inside the top five for the first time in five years. Meantime, former world number no. seven Richard Gasquet turned back the clock as well. Raised the trophy in Auckland last week. His first title in five years. That made him the ATP's biggest mover of the week of 25 spots to 42 in the world. Force majeure, top-ranked French players Garcia and Gasquet. Man, it is our tennis topic today. Both current number ones way off the radar a year ago. Garcia, 74 in the world, and well, Gasquet uh, was nowhere near this. It was Gal Malfis who was the 17th seed. I believe Alizé Cornet was the top-ranked French woman last year. How have they done
2: this? Oh, it's been a remarkable switch for Garcia. And by the way, her good results didn't start till after the French Open. Right. Kind of kick-started her year yep. winning the doubles there. So she's got a lot of runway, by the way, these first five months of the season to add even more ranking points to her number four right now. The question for her now becomes how can she perform in a major? That has really been a, a tough part for her. She's played well in the doubles. Sometimes yep. that can loosen a player up, get them a little bit more relaxed. She's looking for a big result on the big stage. That's the one thing she still needs in her resume. I
0: heard someone say, well, Richard Gasquet is a former Grand Slam semifinal." and you sort of, spew, that was more than a decade yeah. ago. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because I think both of them have had a bit of up and down careers. So the, the good news is they know from some of these dips and some of these rises. They're both veterans. But I think, I mean, Garcia, six months ago, she was qualifying for main draws. And now she comes in. As a top four seed, I do think the fact that the Olympic Games were what 18 months away from the Olympics in Paris. I wonder if that isn't something that, especially in Gasquet's case, isn't a bit of a motivation not to fade out quite so soon.
3: We talked about some of the players that all of a sudden burst onto the scene and then they have to adjust to breathing that air up there. Garcia's been here before. She's been to the top five, yeah. and you know, she had that drop-off, and she had to deal with a bunch of different things. Now she's there with a different perspective. So I'm hoping, having been through that, she'll be able to handle it a little bit different this time. And quite frankly, I love watching her play. I mean, when she came mm-hmm. through in Cincinnati last year, I think it was 20% of the returns she met behind the baseline. Everything else was inside the baseline. It's phenomenal to watch, but you know, it is high-risk tennis. Yeah. You know, can she keep it up this year?
1: Her slogan is Fly With Caro. She is a rocket ship right now. Let's see how she got it done in her match yesterday playing a Canadian qualifier. She was ranked 74, lost to a qualifier in the first round last year, Lindsay. This year, as we said, top five player, very different results as well.
2: Yeah, completely different player, completely different mindset. Three all in the first set. You're thinking, what's going to happen here? I'm going to win nine games in a row. Big goal for Garcia to try and get to a major final in singles, try and hoist the trophy up. She's got a great game, and she's getting playing high risk, but also finding a little bit of margin. And and as Prakash was saying, can she keep that up? I mean, everything is with that aggressive mindset. It worked so well at the end of the year in Fort Worth. Worked well in her first-round match.
1: 22 winners to just one for her opponent. Tough matchup, though, next round. There's the fly with Caro. She's got Layla Fernandez. So looking forward to that matchup. Richard Gasquet coming off his 16th career title in Auckland, facing fellow Frenchman Hugo Humbert-Prakash. Yeah. Humbert was seated 29th here last year.
3: Not much time on the court here, but first serve looking good, and that backhand looking glorious as ever. You know, John, I think he might be able to hit it that way up into his 60s and 70s. <laughs> With that really? kind of technique. But rain guys. coming early and uh, Gasquet having to leave the court. But certainly has enough matches under his belt at this point. Yeah, just 2-1.
1: Obviously, right. early goings there for Gasquet and Humbert. But y- you think the, one of the guys who was seeded last year. The other one, former world number seven. But to get his 16th title, something that really came out of nowhere. He didn't expect it, John.
0: We always twin him with Rafa. They're yeah. born within a few weeks. I mean, we, we show this you know, photo every time, and them playing in the juniors. But you know, we we talk about Rafa, and he's going to be you know, 36, 37 years old. Gasquet, right there too. I mean, you said that jokingly about it. he he can stroke that back. I hope he does strictly yeah. from an aesthetic standpoint, but. It is interesting. His game is so smooth; it doesn't seem as though it's as physically grinding as other players. I think that will help with his longevity as well.
2: Yeah, and the question is, what is his motivation? Is it to to play tournaments and play like he did in Auckland? Is it to really make a big push at a major? I mean, who knows? It, it's sudden, certainly when you get older, sometimes you just start to enjoy it more and you take that pressure right. off yourself. And when he was young, obviously there were so many expectations yeah. for him. Maybe it's more fun for him to play now and. See Instead of being under the microscope of when are you going to win a major? Can you win a major? Like, I don't know. I, I like to see players playing in their mid to late 30s and still winning and just saying, you know what? This is awesome.
1: Life's good. Last year, we saw two of his peers, Gilles Simone and no Joe yeah. Wilfred Songa, yeah. both retire. So he, he's still out there winning titles. And Malfese is coming back. So half of the Musketeers <laughs> are, are still still pushing through for the French. Coming up here on the show, we've got our Bet365 match preview. It actually features a French-Canadian. Plus, we'll break down all the big stories of the day, and Prakash, you ready to go off the wall? Come on, man, like Michael Jackson. Let's do it. There
2: she <laughs> is. So, Maddie.
1: Maddie Keys getting ready for her second round against Wong Jinyu in a nice first round. More Americans doing big things in Melbourne. Don't go anywhere. Back on TC Live, a reminder to play the match point predictor game from Tennis Channel. Answer questions correctly about what will happen in Melbourne. For a chance to win great prizes totaling 4500 bucks. to enter, go to tennis.com slash play or use that QR code on your screen right there. Back off the wall with my man Prakash. Uh, we've got the six questions. You, you ready? You limber? Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. What do we got today? <laughs> you have told us, Prakash, that Novak Djokovic is going to be the men's champion. Yep. He has also told us Jesse Pagula is going to be the American woman who progresses furthest in this tournament. So today, Prakash, who's going to be the women's champion? Who's holding up the trophy? Who's got Daphne?
3: Let me preface this by saying I think Iga Sviantik is a 75-80% favorite to take this title. Having said that, I think it's going to be a special couple weeks, and I think we're going to fall in that 20%. So okay. I, I think it's gonna be Jesse Pagula, Ons Jabor, or Irina Sabalenka. Yep. But just going with my gut feeling, I think Ons is gonna make history here, come out of that bottom half, and bring the first Grand Slam title to the African continent. That's amazing. Going on
1: for the women's title. Her first, ma- made the last two major finals. Yep. This is the one she's talked about. It. She says, I want to win majors. I want to get to number one. She can get close to number one. 2,000 points to win the title here. She,
3: she snuck through a tough first round, and hopefully that gives her, you know, the kind of uh, tight points she needs to be able to build on that and, uh, and make a run.
1: Bold picks. I like that orange tie, too.
3: My guy, you got a little yeah. sickle yeah. in yeah. there. We're, and you're we're, tired we're feeling t- it. We, we, we got the tones today. <laughs> Come on, now.
1: We are leading up to action on day three in Melbourne Park. When we come back, all the top stories with Martina, Lindsay, and John straight ahead. Welcome back. A reminder that TC Live tomorrow at a special time, 6 p.m. Eastern. Set your clocks, set your DVRs, whatever you got to do to take care of business. Getting you ready for first ball over on ESPN. Plus, then 7 a.m. Eastern. It is Tennis Channel's Encore coverage, as always, with Brett Haber and Paul Anacone. We are back over at the desk. Lindsay, John, and Steve getting ready to welcome in. The 12-time Australian Open champion, our yeah. Hall of Fame teammate, Martina Navratilova. Martina, looking great as always, said you, you hit some tennis balls. How was that?
4: I did. I did. I have not played much tennis at all the last couple of years and none this last uh, few months. But uh, I got out there for about 25 minutes. It was fun. Although hardcore, I think I need to get back on the clay. <laughs> on <laughs> the it was so much fun. <laughs> Yeah. Well, grass, there's no no grass here. I'd have to go to Palm Beach or something. That's too far. <laughs> anyway, that was great.
1: <laughs> All right, let's get everybody caught up on the action from day two. Let's start with Novak Djokovic. I mean, his quest for that record extending 10th Aussie Open title, Lindsay, facing Roberto Carbias, Viena, and Djokovic on that 21 match winning streak in Melbourne as well.
2: Yeah, but so many questions about Novak, his fitness, his leg. Her injured it over in Adelaide in his warm-up tournament. But Steve, he looked good in this match. He had canceled a few practices. He was practicing behind closed doors. No one really knew what was going on. Taped it up, but he was able to dominate from the center of the court. He's not on the run too often in this match. Really a perfect first match for Novak to get through. Never really bothered, able to dictate play, challenged enough, never got broken. That is a good sign for his leg. Saved all three break points. And the best news, the fans. They welcomed him back out onto Rod Laver Arena. He was pumped to get through pretty comfortably.
1: A lot of Serbian flags in attendance. You see that leg is strapped, but... Feeling pretty good. Taking some selfies with the fans. His family actually in attendance for the first time in 15 years. Tough to get from Serbia all the way to Melbourne, but they are there with him. And that streak continues. Joko's juju. I like that. 22-match win streak at the Australian Open. Of course, three straight titles, but didn't play last year. The start of the streak four years ago. Last loss, Chung, fourth round 2018. Let's hear from Novak about how he feels
5: after the leg is uh, is is good. It's not ideal, um, but it's getting there. Um, you know, today was a very good test. Uh, haven't had too much training in the last few days, to be honest with you, tennis-wise. So um, yeah, I was really really hoping that um, things will be uh, well on the court from the from the first to the last point, which was the case. And I'm actually really glad that. It felt better as the match progressed, so the the third set, you know, was great. I mean, that's a a good signal, a good sign.
1: The scoreline got better, Martina, and he felt better as the match went on. What did you see?
4: Yeah, this was good batting practice for Novak, somebody that really wouldn't threaten him, uh, uh, Buena. Uh, And, you know, he hasn't had enough matches quite like he would like, but uh, the injury seems to be getting better, which means that it wasn't that bad to begin with. And he's got a long time ahead of him. So with the three out of five, you know, maybe it's more difficult to, to deal with an injury. At the same time, it gives him some peace of mind because people would have to play unbelievable tennis to beat him three out of five. So he doesn't have to really stretch himself too much where he could injure it worse And it looks to be holding. It's his leading leg on the serve, but he never lost serve. So c- clearly it's not bothering him mm. at all at this point.
0: I think there was some, some sort of rubbernecking there in, in more ways than one. One of them was to see how this movement might be impaired. It wasn't at all. I mean, just statistically, this was a match sort of suitable for framing. And then I think, as you alluded to, Lindsay, I think there was some question, how would he be received after last year? And there was, if you didn't know, if you didn't know anything about last year and you went to that match, you'd say, oh, the crowd loves the nine-time champion. I mean, there was no backlash. He couldn't ask for much more as he gets this campaign going.
2: Yeah, and he's in a great position it seems like there's a it must not have been easy for him to go back to Australia get off that plane and he's making it look easy which is a huge credit to him it's probably some of his worst memories in this country last year like the way he played in Adelaide question marks about his leg but if you're able to get through as Martina said three comfortable sets not get broken short point. you're doing okay and now he's got a day off his opponents still have to play a little bit I I think he's feeling good. I think he, if we weren't sure if he was the favorite because of his leg injury, Mm -hmm. he's back being the favorite again.
1: Back being the odds on favorite. Going for his 10th title in Melbourne, 22nd overall Grand Slam. And if he wins it, gets back to number one in the world (laughs) as well. A lot going on for Novak Djokovic on the women's side. On Jabur, back in Melbourne after missing last year's event with a back injury, Martina. She has made it known how much she wants to win a Grand Slam. Step one against Tamara Zodanczyk.
4: Yeah, you gotta take it one match at a time. Zduncek very good all-around player, good athlete. So Jabour couldn't take anything for granted. Uh, won a tight first set there, and I think uh, Zduncek started playing a little bit better. Ons did not serve that well, but she moved well. Zduncek, like I said, she's comfortable anywhere on the court. Uh, on Jabour. Uh, not too many for unforced errors, but she really cleaned it up in that third set. Only had six winners, six unforced, won 67% of her second serve. That's how effective she was on the baseline, defending her serve really well. And at the end, it was a comfortable three-set win, and uh, she should be happy with that. She, I don't know about that knee. It seemed to be taped more when I saw it last. This is a little bit better, but hopefully that's not going to hamper her either. But she, at the end, a good win for her.
1: After that second set, told herself, be the number two player in the world, just win this match. She did. Arena Sabalenka, John, starting her season with a title
0: looking to stay perfect against Teresa Martinsova. Might we suggest contender Irina Sabalenka won a title already this year. And again, those uh, serving yips from a year ago seemed thoroughly gone. Look at this. Who says she only has one gear? What a nice tactical play right there. Nice little... Drop shot, a looping forehand. She was great yesterday. A lot of power, a lot of kaboom shots yeah. like that. She had winners for half her points. One serve. You want to know what she had? Three double faults. It's yeah. not bad. Three aces. Just a really solid, authoritative win to get going. 6-1 in the first set. A little more competition in the second, but only took her 69 minutes on court. Okay. That's so a right. very nice way to kick off the tournament for again. I would say a real contender in the fifth seed. Hit 29 winners in 60
1: points. One, she will face American Shelby
0: Rogers
1: next. And Lindsay, we talked about Garbini Muguruza on yesterday's show. The 2020 finalist here now down to 73 in the rankings. Had her opportunities though against the Lisa
2: Mertens. Yeah, she really did, and came out of the gates playing great tennis. You're thinking, okay, maybe she can turn things around. Has lost 6 of 7. If there was ever one match you'd like to go back, if you're a Muguruza fan, how about the, the loss to bit at the U.S. Open? Because it has been all downhill for her since then. Wins the first set. Actually served for this match in the second set at 6-5. And that's where everything changed. You could see her visibly tighten up. Was not the same player from here on out. And Merton's not the player you want to face if you're not feeling comfortable. Great competitor, and Merton's able to take advantage. She knew exactly what was happening on the other side of the net and took advantage, and Muguruza, again, just fell apart. And for a player that was one in the world, has won multiple majors, it has been a rough five months watching her.
1: She has now lost five straight matches to start the season. Merton's great player in her own right. Moving on in this one, uh, Martina, as Lindsay mentioned, the two majors, world number one. She's a future Hall of Famer, so... At this point, it seems all mental. What advice would you give to Garbina to get past all this?
4: As you brenner and the King and I said, it is a puzzlement. We really don't know what has happened to her mentally, but it clearly is mental. It's not injuries. It's not anything else. Maybe see a different kind of a psychologist. Maybe take two months off and just go lay on the beach somewhere or go skiing just to kind of re- reset and realize how much she loves the sport, which I'm, I'm sure she does. But she just looks tight. She's not ever relaxed. And uh, yeah, it's time for a reset because she's too good a player to be ranked 50 something and, and not lost five matches in a row. And we're kind of expecting her to lose. So she's got she's to do a hard reset and uh, somehow.
0: Nowhere to hide in the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in other lines mm-hmm. of work, you could take some time off or you could, hey, coach, I don't need to start this game. I mean, you're, you're out there and you're exposed and vulnerable. I, I like your question, though. I'll pose it to you. What do you tell her if you're coaching her?
4: Gosh. It,
2: you know what? The The harder thing was watching last night is she was doing all the right things outwardly. You, you know, she broke serve to get up 6-5. There's a big fist pump. And then she goes back to serve for the match and she's looking over trying to give fist pumps. And the very first point she goes to a slice forehand. She hadn't hit one the whole match. Mm. That's when you know, like, it, she, the her mind is taking over what should not be happening out there on the tennis court. But uh, once that second set went on, I mean, you've got to try and turn it around. Keep it simple. I know Conchita and her whole team have been trying so hard to get her out of this slump. It hasn't happened yet. I, I would imagine that something is going to change here after this tournament, whether she takes a break or whether she starts to work even a little bit with someone new. She adores Conchita, but but something's just not right right now.
1: I mean, earlier this year, uh, Bagel, Bibi Andrescu then was in a, that, a tie break in the second set, lost that, and then lost Sam. Yeah. Once again, 6-1 in the third. So... She's getting tight in those moments yes. that she has opportunities. But you said yesterday, champions always have something left in them. So I we'll see. So. I hope. We'll see with Muguruza. Uh, back to the men's side and the two-seat, Kasper Rude. He can get to number one in the world, Martina, if he wins the title here, facing Tomas Mahach of the Czech Republic. Did I say that right? <laughs>
4: Close enough to Marsh I think we will see him in the future. He's a very talented Czech player, and uh, gave gave Root some uh, some uh, hard work there. Of winning the, the uh, Root won the first set. Then it was a tiebreak. Root get out, get up, and then makar starts playing a little bit better in the third set uh, and attacking attacking Root. I think Root still needs to had some bigger weapons, but overall, great, a great performance from Root. 55 liters and 30 on four stairs. My God, you know, gets against the crowd going there with a nice lob. And I think I need to give him some lessons on server volley. Server wide, cover the middle, really, you got to cover the line. That's Servant volley 101. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, Root really dominated overall. It was never in uh, yeah, trouble, never, really nice never threatening that, in that fourth set. But I uh, like hatch, but, uh Casper Root came through four out of 13 break points. That needs to improve, but overall, thumbs up.
1: All right, John, this was your match of the day. Andy Murray looking for his first top 20 win of the major in six years, taking on Matteo Berrettini, lived up to all the hype yeah. that we put coming sit. into
0: it. Yeah, drop came out, we all circled this, and guess what? It exceeded. Just look at the scoreline. Murray rips off the first two sets playing well, and then he said, okay, well, the guy who's a seed, who's nine years younger, he'll bring his power to bear and his youth. And this was a back-and-forth match here, and going now into a fifth set. Did you figure everything's favoring the younger player? Andy Murray fought valiantly. Does he have how much? What's some of the shot making here? 35 years old, not a bad knockoff volley. Crowd solidly behind Murray, who had been to five finals at the Australian Open. But Berrettini, former Wimbledon finalist, and this is the shot right here. This is match point. And? That is a shot you will be remembering for a long, long time. Look at that backhand to win the match. Didn't even hit the tape. Murray gets a reprieve and makes the yeah. most of this. Set the Not
3: necessarily Murray. the way
0: he wanted to close out the match, but that's as good a win as he's had in the last five years.
1: Yeah, nearly five hours of literal blood, sweat, and tears of joy to his fans. Let's hear from both these warriors.
7: I don't
6: think I played really great today, but I was, um, I mean, I had a match point, like you said, so just... <laughs> It's really tough to talk about the match now. It could have, could have been, you know, different just with a different ball. But last year I won seven six in the fifth. This year I lost seven six in the fifth. It's uh,
7: tennis. I've certainly questioned myself at times, and there's certainly a lot of people questioned me and my ability and whether I could. Yeah, still perform at the, the biggest events and the biggest matches. And I was impressed with myself, um, <laughs> which again is not something that, you know, I'm hard on myself usually. But, um, yeah, tonight I need, to, yeah, I need to give myself some credit because the last few years have been tough. I've lost a few of those matches. You know, that one could have gone the other way tonight, but I stayed strong and I deserve to win. Deserved to win, Martina. Impressed himself. How
1: much did he impress you?
4: Yeah. <laughs> it's good to pat yourself on the back when you deserve it. And Andy and definitely deserved it in this match. 35 years old, but the best win that he's had since he's come back from the injury on the uh, surgery on the, on the hip. And, you know, the spirit that he has, it's so funny. When he loses, he's mad. When he wins, he still doesn't crack a smile. It's like, oh, he's got so much emotion and passion going on. But he was able to channel it just right. And uh, at the end, outplay the younger Barrettini, which is really astonishing. I loved those quotes from Murray. Yeah. I don't know if
2: he's seen a sports psychologist yeah. or who he's talking to. Maybe it's Lendl again. But those that's what you want to go back and listen to if you're a player struggling with your your belief or you're going through tough times i mean that was amazing to say to himself i've got to pat myself on my back i'm so proud but at the end i love that i deserve to win he knew how well he played how hard he fought those aren't words we've heard from murray very often so really nice turn around from him emotionally love to see that support really of himself right now
0: out of character you know we have this cliche in sports oh it's a game of inches i mean literally this sport Game of inches. Berrettini sets up that backhand. If he hits it, he's going on to the next round. He doesn't. I mean, I can't imagine how often he's going to think of this point. Watch Murray here. Sort of a a drop shot. All right, it's getting laid on. That's about a foot, Look at that. (laughs) Look at how much he missed that shot. I mean, but that's a shot that's going to stick with him for a long, long time. And then Murray's match point, talk about inches. He hits the net. I mean, I just... This sport is so cruel, and now Berrettini loses in the first round. I mean, talk about what's not inches, his flight back. He's got a 10,000-mile flight to think (laughs) about that, and he's got five more months before the next major. I mean, it's just, it is so rough. He makes that one backhand, and we're having a completely different segment. He's having a different tournament. Andy Murray's reassessing his career, misses a sitter backhand by this much. It's a totally different fact pattern. He missed it. Murray made it,
1: and now he's got 50 wins at the Australian Open. You know who else is in that club? Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, and Edberg. It's a pretty good list to be a part of if you're Sir Andy Murray. Much more still to come on the show. Taylor Fritz is locked in and loaded for 2023. See why he's calling himself a serve bot after the first round. It is the reigning Australian Open women's champ Ash Barty not playing this year told us she's expecting her first child also working with the young Aussie Olivia Gadecki who won her first round match. So Ash with the racket ready to go. go out on that practice court. Good to see Ash Barty on the grounds. Back to some highlights from yesterday. One of the most highly anticipated first-round matches: fifth seed Andre Rublev, Martina, facing former Aussie Open finalist Dominic Thiem. Uh, the weather was scorching hot for this one.
4: It was brutal, and Rublev's wearing black. I don't know why the players are wearing black. It's like really, you're hot enough already. I mean, Thiem, at 20, right old age of 29, has problem with his with his back. He got some help from the trainer, but not enough. As he kind of won away, you could see he was hampered with this movement. What I love about Roublet, you know, he usually treats the net as an enemy, but he was at the net quite a bit yesterday, winning 18 of 24 points. So I like the more aggressive Roublet yeah, I mean, for the ball to come to him, and at the end was a comfortable uh, win for him in three straight. Now you wonder what will happen to team because he really... I mean, his body should be better than this, uh, recovering from the injury on the wrist. Uh, the body's not holding up, so I wonder what will what we'll go down with him. But uh, well done, Rublev.
1: Moving on to American Taylor Fritz, playing his first Grand Slam as a top 10 player. Lindsay said he came out a little nervous against Nicholas Basilashvili.
2: Yeah, it got down an early break, but then Taylor played this match very steady. If you can believe it, 33 to 8 in winners for Basilashvili. But it was. Fritz, who was able to get a lot of free points on his serve, 31 aces. But you know what he was doing? Just making a lot of shots, trying to draw the unforced errors from Basilashvili. The biggest thing for Fritz was he was able to handle the power yeah, exactly of Basilashvili's racket. Basilashvili picked up his game in the third set. and the fourth, it was a battle. A lot of back and forth between these two. But Fritz, i got to give him credit. He stayed calm emotionally and just was able to weather the storm of Basilashvili. Mm-hmm career
1: high in aces for Fritz. His buddy Riley Opelka may even let him in the serve bot club. Let's hear from Taylor.
6: It's just pretty normal when you're um, you know high seed expected to do well coming out at a you know, super important tournament like a Grand Slam. It's been been dealing with it uh, for a long time. Basically every Grand Slam it's, it's like that and Kind of once you, once you just get through that that first match, then you feel a lot better. And even for me, it was just getting past the first like twenty minutes of the match and just loosening up and and feeling better. So it, it's normal. There's always going to be pressure. It's always the most when you're, um, when you're, expected expected to win. So.
1: Taylor said he tried to draw a lock emoji on the camera after the match, uh, but he's not the best
0: artist. What was the key for Fritz yesterday? The lock. Um, No, I think the key were a couple of really tight little segments of this match. I mean, that could have been really messy. Besselich had a break point to serve out the fourth set. Mm -hmm. Taylor Fritz is coming in on a two-match major losing streak. This would be a rough loss, and he just turned it around. He won that point. He won, I think, eight of the last ten points to close out the match. That could have been complicated. It wasn't in the end. That's what a veteran does. And also, get this, he's number three with the odds makers to win this Mm. event. So someone's taking note of this ascent because he's third after... Djokovic and all, Martina, what did you make of those comments after
1: that? Nervous before every first round match at a major, mm. and then he's good to go. Did you feel that way, or, or were you ready to go right from the start?
4: Yeah. Yeah, you always want to get that first one out of the way, no matter, I think, where you are. But if you expect it or, or to, to go deep in the draw, it's really uh, important to stay in the moment and get that first match out of the way. I like the way he's approaching it. He's like wearing the mantle. He's the number eight seed because Alcaraz is not here, so he doesn't play the big guys onto the quarters, and he's got a really nice uh, kind of a user-friendly draw. And uh, he's as as uh, John said, he really it could have been closer in the in that uh, third set and fourth set, and and uh, he he kept his head about him. So he's he's walking the talk, you know. He's uh, he's backing himself up nice. And it shows in his shot selection. He's just waiting for the opportunity, not panicking, not doing anything special, just going with his strength, which is serving big forehand. You always want to
2: learn from previous experiences. And got to say, credit to Taylor and also credit to his team because he looked a lot more relaxed than he did at the U.S. Open. He seemed to be wearing a lot of that stress and pressure of being the highest-ranked American, being the player that everyone's hoping can do it seemed to cripple him a little bit in New York and he came out of the gate slow but you know what he looked calm he was able to get his game together he played solid didn't try and overplay but also emotionally he was a lot more even keel Mm. in this match and I think that served him well he's able to get through now maybe he can relax a little bit didn't got out of the first round let the tennis do the talking
1: and not the easiest matchup for him either I mean he had lost a couple of times to Bessie Lishvili in the past so well done for Taylor Fritz to get past that and now Relax and get into this tournament. And speaking of getting into it, Martina, we've been looking forward to this second-round matchup. Coco Gauff, Emma Raducanu, two young stars, meeting for the first time. Who do you think needs this win more?
4: Well, uh, Raducanu. There's no doubt about that in my mind. As Raducanu got got through one, winning the US Open unexpectedly, and since then it's been a struggle, really, whereas uh, Coco Golf has been steadily IMPROVING AND MAYBE ROTACONO BEAT HER TO THAT FIRST PUNCH OF of WINNING A MAJOR BUT NOW uh, COCO'S TOP 10 PLAYED fantastic tennis LAST YEAR REALLY IMPROVED AND NOW I THINK SHE'S FEELING FEELING THE CONFIDENCE THAT IT TAKES TO to WIN A MAJOR GETTING TO THE FINALS AT RON Garros. SO I THINK uh, EMMA NEEDS THIS WIN A LOT MORE AT THE SAME TIME SHE CAN JUST STAY CLOSE she will feel better about her chances in the future as well, but uh, Coco is, uh, yeah, it's going to be hard, a hard one for Emma. I don't, I don't see her beating uh, Coco for the first meeting. We'll see what happens.
0: It's funny because one of them has won a major title and the other hasn't. And yet, if Radikani were to win this match, biggest win since winning, winning that US Open. <laughs> yeah. shocking yeah. win. And, if, and I mean, I hate to say that if Coco were to lose this match, that would be a rough defeat. I mean, Coco's already won a title. We're talking mm. about her as a contender. And yet, you know, we're looking at this as a rivalry that's hopefully going to blossom for the next 10 years. I'm curious, Lindsay, I mean, it wasn't confrontational. It wasn't aggressive. But Radicano sort of said, yeah, I've really been looking forward to this. It's a good barometer of my game. It wasn't a call. I mean, it wasn't a, a call out. But it had this air of, yes, this is a match that I want to win and I want to gauge my level. I don't know. If you're, if you're on the receiving end of that, how do you take that if Here, you're Coco?
2: Uh... I think they, those two have a pretty nice relationship. But, I mean, if you had, we had gone back a year and a half, we would be saying, gosh, these two yeah. are going to be playing in a lot of big matches, and here we are at a second round of a major. Uh, I think Coco takes that okay. I think Raducanu, she's had a hard time getting out of the first round and getting herself to a position to play these top players. I think it's a big accomplishment for her. Um, but I, I agree with Martina. With, w- you look at their weapons. And you almost check the box each spot for Coco. And she's got more power. She's got the serve. Um, I'd be surprised if, if Coco wasn't able to get through this one.
1: By the way, Coco did say that there's more pressure on Emma than there is on her. Yeah. No, no <laughs> way. Yeah, be, being the that's, first British that's, that's woman in the years. Game, the mind I like that. I like that. So, you know, it's going back and forth. Looking at this matchup. That's opposite.
2: Like I'm not the favorite yeah, in the right.
1: French. <laughs> Well, not quite, but (laughs) 14 times. Jesse Pagula getting ready to go. Top-ranked American in the world. Taking on Alexandra Sastovich. That is coming up later. And, well, Iga stretching out as well. Second round against Camilla Osorio. We're leading you up to first ball on CC Live. Welcome back. We're going four box. Leading top of the hour. She wears her sunglasses during the day. Inside, Vika Azarenka, two-time champ.
0: Who else we got there, John? Got right Ooh, we got Diego with a tofu sausage. No, Diego Schwartzman. We've got Andre Rublev. Is that Bianca Andreas Look, we've got uh, Corey Hart. I yes. Mean, I mean, Harriet Dart. I mean, Victoria Azarenka. I <laughs> 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 that, guys. I like
2: Hart to in Dart. The tunnels down a... yeah, I
0: guess so. if you have won this thing twice, <laughs> okay. is that, yeah, a couple
1: of trophies. Reminder, after the Aussie Open, Tennis Channel, the only place to watch every ATP and WTA tournament this February and March. Tune in for daily live coverage from more than 20 events culminating with the Sunshine Double in Indian Wells in Miami. It is the swing into spring. It begins Monday, January 30th. Time now for our Bet365 match preview. We're going Felix Oje Aliassim against Alex Molchan. By the way, Molchan won their only previous meeting. It was last year. It was in Marrakesh. It was in the third set breaker, Prakash. So uh, should Felix be this much of a favorite here?
3: You're not going to see any of my dollars on that plus 600. I'm going to be going with FAA. And look, I, I think he's got a shot to be one of those first-time Grand Slam winners this year. (laughs) He has been knocking on the door. He's been to the semis of slams. Last year, it was his best year yet. And I think in his mind, he really stepped up. That five-set loss to Nadal, even though he lost it, I think was huge for him. And I just love the way he's playing. He finished the year well in Davis Cup. And I like his draw as well. He's been pretty dominant against Nori, against Sinner. And there's not a player in that section where he he can't uh,
0: beat. You were just saying nice words because he thought he was watching Tennis Channel there on the <laughs> bike. Um, we, we should note, is coming first round defeat at the previous major yeah. at the U.S. Open to, uh, to Draper, but no, I think I mean, Motron's a nice player, uh, but I think Felix, especially on this court, ought to be okay.
2: Okay, you say that next group, he's one of them that can win a major. Else? Is he high on that list? Like, is he the one or sinner? It was obviously Tsitsipas...
3: I, I put him up there with Tsitsipas. Um, I think the fact that Tsitsipas got to that final, two sets to love against Djokovic and lost, even though it's taken him a while to bounce back from that, I actually think that's a good thing because he knows he was right there. Zverev, when he was at full strength, he was certainly capable of it, but yeah. now he's, he's, right. you know, it's a different situation for yeah. him. Um, but Medvedev probably a touch above that second group. I'll say it again. So there.
0: Number three, this tournament with the odds makers, Taylor Fritz. Hmm. Go figure. Yeah. yeah. Felix needed four sets in the first
1: yeah, round, yeah. and uh, Molchan, by the way, took out Stan Wawrinka. Time to enter the social net. What's trending? Uh, this was interesting, Lindsay. Yeah. The defending men's champ, Rafa Nadal, plays later tonight. In, in his first match, uh, somebody stole his racket. What, what happened no, here? I mean, we
2: all know how methodical he is, right? And he had put a racket. There was a ball change coming. And I, I think from the story, the ball kid mistook it for getting right. taken to the stringer, right, mm-hmm. and get restrung, right. yeah. or they wanted to pocket an Nadal racket. Right. The <laughs>
0: you guys remember uh, the, the dingo ate my baby by dating myself? <laughs> the ball boy took my racket. But, you know, Nadal is so carefree and sort of disorganized with all his yeah, equipment. Exactly. And only- you would no, for that. all players, he I have to say he was really cool about he it. He was and made it more of a joke than a crisis.
2: Do you know what also happened? I heard that uh, James Kiyothevon was chairing a match and he noticed a fan was stealing the player's towels. He mm. Got out of the chair and ran after oh. them. These chair fires have a lot going on, These they got to deal with. They're
3: worth their weight <laughs> in gold. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> kid's towels are all leaving the court. <laughs> that takes some guts to get out there and start stealing towels. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a good effort. Oh, where's the ball? There's Rafa. He's looking for a ball boy. If I'm
1: Maggie McDonald tonight, maybe I give. Of a ball boy a few bucks. <laughs> like, take that dude's Babylon. <laughs> exactly. Back with more after this. Welcome back, eh? Hey? She's got a lot of skills going on. You get one-handed juggling? Ooh, That's man. impressive.
0: She does uh, birthdays and bar mitzvahs. Good entertainment right
1: there. <laughs> so it's going to cost you a pretty penny to get Iga Fiancec at your events. World number one coming up today. Uh,
0: John, what's your stat of the day? That Andy Murray is working with uh, <laughs> breakaway data and bracing data, so we got to include him on our stat of the day. We already did the match stats. Here's one for you. Can we just reflect on this? We talk all the time about the metal hip. Here's what we ought to be referencing as well. Four children at home, ages six years old and younger. And we could joke about how he was motivated to stay because he gets a good night's sleep or he doesn't have to open (laughs) Go-Gurts. But I think, seriously, there's something emotionally sort of measuring about having Four kids as someone on this uh, panel? Uh, mm. <laughs> There's only only one that that applies to. Who would and be dumb home. enough
2: to have four kids in six years? There
0: is a lot going
2: on. I'm <laughs> talking about myself, exactly. not Andy. It's not Andy.
0: <laughs> Where's your five-set win? Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I don't know. Tell me, I'm overstating this, but is that something you know goes through your head when you're playing? It's another factor. It's something else you have to contend I with. I only had to play with one. Okay. Uh, my
2: mm-hmm. others later. Four in six years. It's a lot, though, and just. There's always something going on
0: <laughs> as
2: my phone is sitting here.
0: Always but I think Isner's going to gonna
2: be joining that club, That's too. That's That's right. Right. Just That's announcing that.
1: Man. Hot shot of the day. J.J. Wolf, another American getting a big win.
2: Loved yesterday, right? The Americans and the matches that were finished were undefeated. And J.J. Wolf was just another one. Of them. His speed around the court is so good. But now combining the speed and the shot-making, Jordan Thompson couldn't quite get it done in the match and not on this hot shot. That's more like a hot shot point, right? Yeah, it had a little bit of everything. Everything,
3: exactly. J.J. Wolf, multiple hot shot candidate over the last year. He's had some pretty spectacular ones. You guys got to go back and YouTube that lefty 40. Yeah, I love that. That was one of our shots of the year. Yeah, that was a shot of the year.
1: Another former college tennis star as well, J.J. Wolf featured matches today. World number one on the women's side in action. American number one overall in action. The defending champion in action. And then... I mean, Coco Gauff, Emma Raducanu. What's not to like about Rod Laverina? Get a ticket or stand right by your TV and watch it. Uh, Let's talk about Rafa Nadal taking on Mackie McDonald. They played once before. That was Roland Garros. It's a different story. (laughs) Mackie actually, he tried an underhand serve in that match. It didn't work. What what did we learn about Rafa from his win against Jack Draper?
3: Well, uh, the interesting part was after that first set, for about 35 minutes, you saw a bunch of errors float off the racket of Rafa, just kind of well below his, his level. And Jack wasn't feeling fully 100%, couldn't quite take advantage of it. The only issue with Mackey here is he gets a lot of balls in play, competes very well. I just don't know that he has the firepower to be able to hit through Rafa. So when Rafa gets to hit a lot of balls, that's when he feels his yep. rhythm. So I'm expecting a much better performance from that first round. All right. Uh,
1: Top-ranked American, Jessie Pagula, got through her first round pretty handily. Made back-to-back quarterfinals here. But she's talked about, listen, quarterfinals is great, but I'm looking to take that next step.
2: Which you love to hear from a player. I mean, she's three in the world now, and she knows that her expectations should be a little higher. And another, it's similar to what you are talking about with Rafa and Mackenzie, it's a good match for Jesse. She'll get to hit a lot of balls against Sassanovic. She'll get to dictate play. The match is really on her racket. Mm. That's not always the case when Pagula plays. Some some players can hit bigger or serve bigger. A really nice, comfortable second-round match for her.
1: Uh, first round for Francis Tiafoe, all we talk about is the outfit. Uh, second round, we'll, we'll talk about the game a little bit. And he's taking on Jerry Shang, that 17-year-old uh, Chinese player who – is the first, first man from China to, to win a match in the Open era at the Aussie Open. Uh, how will he challenge
0: Tiafo today? I, I don't think he will much. I mean, I think Francis is really sort of edged into this land now where he's a veteran, he's a top 16 seed, he's coming off a semifinal in his last major. This is a match Francis really ought to win. Great accomplishment for Jerry Lindsay. You talked about it yesterday, but I can't imagine Francis facing a lot of resistance from a 17-year-old. He would be the youngest man to reach the third round at a major since at all back in 2005.
1: Uh, reminder to everybody: TC Live, an hour later tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern. The four of us and Martina will be back with you, so set your clocks for that. Encore coverage with Brett and Paul coming your way, 7 a.m. Eastern. It is still raining in Melbourne, Lindsay. Under the roofs. We got three roofs. We got Labor. We got Margaret. We got Kia. All the arenas will be in action today. Thanks for joining us here on TC Live. Enjoy the tennis.